Welcome to the Enviwa Podcast, a podcast produced by the Center for Global and Regional Environmental Research at the University of Iowa. Each month, we discuss environmental research, news, and initiatives that matter to Iowans. I'm your host this month, Jenna Ladd, and today we're speaking with Ted Neal and Scott Spack, both of the University of Iowa, about the introduction of next-generation science standards to schools in the state. First, I'll just have you tell me a little bit about yourselves and kind of what you do here at the University of Iowa. My name is Ted Neal. I'm a clinical instructor in science education. My primary job is teaching the future teachers how to teach science. So I work with elementary pre-service teachers, and I work with uh, secondary science teachers as well. Uh, With my elementary teachers, I focus primarily on earth and space science. With my secondary teachers, it's all sciences. Uh, My background is uh, I have a BA in environmental sciences from Cornell. I also have degrees in economics, business, American history, and a master's in administration. I was a public teacher for nine years before coming to the University of Iowa, Uh, seven of those in the Cedar Rapids area and two of them overseas in Portugal. I'm Scott Spack, Assistant Professor of Urban Regional Planning and member of the Environmental Policy Program at the Public Policy Center. My research and teaching are focused on using earth and human systems models to better inform, evaluate, and optimize policies around the environment, specifically focused on climate, air quality, and energy. I have a background in atmospheric and oceanic sciences. I'm one of the university's climate scientists, and I work in bringing what I learned from science into practice in planning and policy. And um, can one of you just explain kind of what are these next generation science standards? Yeah, it's uh, not the easiest question in the world, but uh, they're an attempt to shift uh, how we teach and how kids learn to a more integrated approach In the past, most uh, education has been based upon uh, conceptual knowledge, content knowledge. And while that's still an an integrated part of this, the new Iowa standards and the next generation science standards are based upon uh, other skill sets that kids need in order to be successful in life. And so it rearranges how kids learn into a more appropriate method that uh, addresses higher-order thinking skills instead of rote memorization and regurgitation. Central to these new standards is the idea of bringing investigational activities, uh, authentic investigation, asking and answering questions um, rather than understanding what happened in a book for real-world issues that connect content knowledge with the ability to work independently and in teams to answer new questions. Um, and what are kind of the roles that both of you are playing in bringing these standards to the state of Iowa? So my role was initially uh, helping to get these new standards adopted by the state. So I was on an adoption committee uh, looking at that piece. And it wasn't about adopting NGSS or adopting the Iowa standards. It was about what are the standards that are out there and are accessible and available from the National Science Education Standards, the Project 2061, to other standards and benchmarks. And taking an approach with a committee of people from the business world, from the science world, from the education world, from administrators and a a conglomeration of people who we met on a very regular basis to look at the standards that were available in all these different genres to figure out which best uh, would meet the needs of future learners in the state of Iowa. And at the end, coming to a, a conclusion that the adoption of the Iowa standards, which is a variation on the next generation science standards was the way to move forward. So now my new role has two different parts. My role here at the university is is teaching pre-service teachers how to engage with these new standards, 
Uh, most of our teachers come from either Iowa or Illinois, which are both states that have adopted these standards. And so getting those teachers on board with what does that mean? How do I deal with that in my classroom? Well, how does my classroom shift from what they experienced as a student? And then my other role is working with in-service teachers in professional development situations to help the state roll out uh, new ideas and new professional development to get the teachers who are in service comfortable with bringing these standards to bear in their classrooms. So these standards have been developed by a consortia of many states, 26, yep. 26 states, working together with national academies and national teaching organizations over a very long period of time to put together what are the specific content areas and specific things students need to be able to do to succeed in a new world. So in that process, Iowa has been able to select the standards that are relevant and figure out how we're going to integrate them into our curricula across the state and across the grade level and across all different types of courses. I hate to kind of backtrack here a little bit, but um, what do we know about the way that science is currently being taught in the state of Iowa? Well, that's a, a fun question. So we, we, what we currently know is that we're not meeting the needs of our kids in most schools and school districts. And it's not because teachers don't care. and It's not because kids aren't trying to learn. We just aren't really getting there appropriately. Uh, there's a lot of behavior-based education still occurring in our state. There's a lot of teachers who are still going with you know, memorization tests and word games and can I guess what's in my teacher's head kind of hoop jumping where kids aren't engaged in that. We're in the most intensely engaging period in the history of the human society and kids want to be engaged in authentic real world problems. They don't. They can Google an answer to almost anything instantly. They have an entire encyclopedia in their back pockets. So old methods of teaching where we expect them to memorize stuff that's in a book no longer works. Kids have access to all that information right now. So our promotion, our ideas with the, with the new standards is to give kids authentic real-world problems, allow them to engage with evidence and data in those problems, to set up problems, and then communicate to a live real audience, to bring in experts, to bring in scientists, to bring in community members, to engage with your social studies, your English, your math department, to do cross-curricular work, to start to break down the walls of siloing in schools where a lot of schools go with, I go 45 minutes of English, and then I go to 45 minutes of math, and then I go to 45 minutes of social studies, and they're disconnected and disjointed. When in reality, in English, you can be reading about things that are happening in the scientific world. And in math, you can be learning to graph and chart and doing geometry based upon things that you're learning about in the scientific world. And mathematics is simply the, la the language of science, and so it's, it, it seamlessly uh, integrates itself into the disciplines. As we look to move forward and shift how schools work, we have to look at what is the foundation we built schools on and is that foundation appropriate in today's world? The organization for which I work, the Center for Global and Regional Environmental Research, I understand is involved in the implementation of these standards. What is the role that Seeger has? Seeger and the College of Education are embarking on a year-long effort to understand what Iowa teachers and administrators need to be able to adopt the next generation science standards. And we are embarking on, over the next few months, one of the largest ever surveys of teachers on what do they need to be able to teach climate, and one of the largest surveys ever on what do teachers need to be able to teach investigational learning within the next generation science standards. 
we will be surveying teachers at the Iowa Climate Educators Forum in West Des Moines in October, as well as the combined Iowa Science and Math Teachers Association conferences um, coming up also in October. We'll then be following that up with web surveys of teachers and administrators throughout the state. When the state of Iowa adopted some of the next generation science standards, many of them relate to the questions that seeker faculty, students, and staff address every day in their research. And specifically among these, uh, Seeger was initially uh, built around looking at questions that were relevant to climate change and global warming. And when we looked at the new Iowa core science standard of the dozens of standards, there are 36 that from kindergarten through high school that are required to be able to understand how the climate system works from in kindergarten, being able to make observations and use tools and materials to understand the effects of sunlight on the Earth's surface, all the way to in high school being able to analyze geoscience data and results from global climate models to make an evidence-based forecast of the current rate of global or regional climate change and associated future impacts to Earth systems. We it, from Seeger do this and live this every day. I know there was a recent Iowa Watch report that was evaluating how teachers are teaching climate science in the state of Iowa. According to that report, only 20% of the sample teachers said climate change should be taught as fact, whereas about 48% thought it should be taught as theory. How are you going to involve or engage that 48% of respondents that said it should just be taught as theory? The, the first step here is, is to start by asking the teachers what do they want, what do they need. So, and that's part of what the College of Education and Seeger partnered up to do, is to start off by saying, what do teachers want? Instead of us going with the, what we think is best practice or we know is, as best practice, we want to start by saying, what do you need? What do you want? Do you need uh, content knowledge? Do you need pedagogical tools? Do you need professional development on a weekly basis accessible by the internet? What, what is it you want? Do you want summer excursions? What is it that you need in order to help you to address this idea of climate science and climate science in Iowa? Tackling the reality of the perceptions of who will teach climate science as fact versus fiction is a very difficult thing. Um, it's perpetuated by the media, where we'll have 99% say one thing and 1% say the other, and the media will give equal time to both sides. And it continues to... to to perpetuate the myth that climate science is not sound and is not set and is not finalized. Um, you know, in science, we, we, we do live in that world. But arguing that climate science is, is faulty or isn't real is like arguing that, uh, I think it was uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson who said, it's like arguing that gravity is wrong as an effort to lose weight. It, you're not going to change the realities of the truth. And so... Getting at teachers in a non-political way, in a non-invasive way, where you're able to say, this isn't about what you believe, it's not about what I believe, it's about let's look at the reality of the science and the reality of the data. But to get teachers on board, we have to start with the teachers and see where are they at and what do they want, because jumping up and down and yelling and screaming at somebody, they just plug their ears and they close their eyes to it anyway, and so that's not going to actually help anybody Move, for, move forward. Say, how do we get that message across to teachers and realize that this is bigger than them? 
It's bigger than your political party. It's bigger than your religious ideologies. Science is science, and science doesn't have a dog in the fight. And so to get that evidence to kids and allow kids to make their own choice, because learning is an individual thing, we're not going to impact by mandating that kids learn X truth, because that isn't how we all learn. There are four of us in this room, and we all four have very different opinions on every topic we could pick, and that's okay. We have to give kids, though, the freedom to make their choices without our bias influencing those choices. One of the things that I love about the way that these standards implement investigational activity is that when looking at climate change, a big part of how that is implemented in next generation science standards as adopted in Iowa is looking at how climate has changed in our recent history, in kids' life, in ways that directly impact them. Looking at the temperature or concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere here in Iowa and analyzing that data and asking these questions yourself. Has the climate where I live changed? It requires you to know what is climate, how much change in any one variable is meaningful, statistically significant, and whether what we see in the airport precipitation records at Cedar Rapids or the extreme cold and hot temperature days in Ottumwa, are these telling us that our climate, our weather, our extreme weather events, any aspects of this system. Are any of these really changing in Iowa? How much? How much compared to other places? And is it enough to matter in terms of impacts on our society? And that, rather than a dogma of this, of a theory of how things work, is what we're trying to teach. I see that you guys did a Next Generation Science Standards uh, kickoff last October. Um, how did what, did you learn anything like in terms of the participants that were there, how well the science standards were received? Um, just tell me a little bit more about that event. Yeah, it was a it was a three day event broken up by grade levels held in central Iowa, um, and the primary piece was giving teachers an opportunity to uh, understand what and where and why. Prior to that event, we hosted uh, an initial meeting here in Iowa City, which was opened up to the state, and at that we specifically targeted um, one of the biggest pieces. So when we looked at adopting the, the standards here in Iowa, um, we had surveyed the public and were trying to get an understanding of what was the controversial pieces. And the, while climate change stuck out, or climate science stuck out as a piece, another piece that was critical was the alignment of middle school and how would you handle middle school. And would you, would you have grade banding where X was taught at 6th grade and Y was taught at 7th and Z was taught at 8th? Or would it be, in middle school, you will cover X, Y, and Z? And way back when the committee was together, we actually had to have a subcommittee to address this. And, and a bunch of us met here. And, and what we determined was that we have a much more fluid population in Iowa than we've ever had in the past. And so in order to give our kids an opportunity, kids who are now moving school districts, when historically 30, 40 years ago, a kid who grew up in pick your town stayed in pick your town. Now kids are bouncing from one place to another to another to another. And so one of the most controversial pieces we probably tackled was saying, you know what, we are going to put these conceptual ideas in sixth grade and these in seventh grade and these in eighth grade. And in eighth grade was where we put the idea of climate science and, and that primarily because you needed the mathematics in the background that occurred in 6th and 7th grade in order to be able to, as a student, address the, the, the difficult concepts and ideas being 
um, shared by eighth grade. So we had a meeting prior to the state one that you're asking about where we gave an audience, we gave a presentation to an audience of teachers and administrators and future teachers as to why did we do what we did and, and how did that lay out? What did it look like? And so we laid out where we put what and why we put that there. And it was based upon using people in mathematics and people in all the different sciences, administrative and business, et cetera, saying, we think this spirals to this and this spirals to this. So now that a kid in the state of Iowa who's going to school in Dyke, New Hartford, and then transfers to Dubuque and that for their seventh grade year, and after their seventh grade year, they, they transfer to Keokuk for their eighth grade year, that student knows that in sixth grade, they're going to get the materials they're supposed to get in sixth, and in seventh, they get what they're going to get in seventh, and eighth, they get what they're supposed to get in eighth, as opposed to a kid who transfers might get the same ideas three years in a row had we not addressed that. So that, that big state meeting then that was held in central Iowa where we brought, and that was a focus of the middle school piece. It was also an opportunity for teachers and schools to ask, now what? What do we do? What's the adoption timeline? What, what resources is the state of Iowa going to provide for us to get our teachers up to speed to do this? Schools were able to ask questions about how do they integrate this? Do high schools go to a system where they have, as the Iowa standards now say, there is a life science, your biology, there is a physical science where they melded chemistry and physics together into physical science, and then there's earth-space science. There are three sciences according to the next-gen science standards with the engineering components undermining, underlying all three of these. However, some districts have simply said, you know what, we're going to stay with our traditional system of biology, chemistry, and physics, and we're going to integrate the environmental sciences into those pieces. And Iowa being a state of local control, that's acceptable. Okay. Are there better ways? Maybe. We don't know. We don't have any research that says one way is better than the other. But some school districts in the state of Iowa will go with that model, where they will say, we're going to keep it the way it was, and we're just going to make these things happen and check off those boxes inside of these areas. And the others are saying, you know what? You have three areas of science. You have to take three years in high school anyway. These are what those three... And they're going to bring validity and power to what was formerly known as Rocks for Jocks into now... A primary science because it is the science you hear about when you hear about the pipelines coming through and you hear about the the, the you know co2 levels and you hear about you know water levels rising and flooding and storms and all the pieces that are tied to climate science that's all environmental science and all the other disciplines of science actually could be taught right through that as a as a model but yeah i think that's really interesting um i graduated high school in the state of iowa in 2011 and um, during college, really became interested in environmental science, um, but I really hadn't learned anything about it during high school. And through my work here, I'm seeing that when I have to research um, a professor's work or the pipeline for a story, I am learning about physics and geology and hydroscience just through this one environmental phenomenon. So. Um, I, I definitely can see how that's true and you really can like weave it through yeah, many I, areas of study. When I taught up in Cedar Rapids, I was at McKinley middle school across, which is across from the hospital. And when the floods happened in 08, the, the flooding literally stopped right across the street from the school. And I had this curriculum I was supposed to teach. It was about topography maps and it was about, should you build, um, where should you build on the ocean? It was about longshore drift and all this stuff. And I'm like, what kid in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, cares about longshore drift as a, as a 12-year-old? None of them, right? And there's no relevance to it. 
So what we did is we took that idea and we came down to the University of Iowa and we got a hold of the, the old 500-year flood maps and the 100-year flood maps. And we built a three-dimensional topography map on my floor with my kids in my classroom. And the kids were able to look at the map and then ask their own relevant questions. And these are 12-year-olds. And they were asking, you know, will it flood again? Why will it flood again? Why did this happen? What should we do? All these really, really important questions. And nobody had the answers. And that was what was so powerful. And that's what's so powerful about these standards is you're not asking questions that we know the answers to. You're asking questions that are relevant and important to kids. Those kids then went and studied the river and saw why did the Czech Slovak Museum flood, but the African American Museum right across the river didn't flood as bad. And they learned the physics of the river. They looked at sand grain size and depositions. They looked at those pieces. They went and looked at prairie, uh, prairie plants and the root structures of, par- of the prairie plants. They brought in people from NOAA and from the DNR and, and scientists in to ask their direct questions at. And they watched scientists disagree in front of them over the answers because science doesn't know. You get pieces of the puzzle and you extract the best answers you can from it. I had 12-year-old kids writing letters to the city council about water-absorbing concrete and how we could use that to mitigate flooding in Cedar Rapids. And they submitted proposals and plans to the city of Cedar Rapids because it's their future, it's their city. That is how you get kids engaged. That's real science. Is it tied to climate change? Yes, it's also tied to tiling and to rainfall. It's tied to so much. But that's the opportunity we have with climate science is all the disciplines are embedded in it by, by just, by, just by default. And one of the great strengths of the state of Iowa is the ability for school districts to determine how they bring these concepts into the classroom and the freedom for teachers and, and uh, curricular committees to adapt performance standards as eventual outcomes with many different ways, that many different data sources, many different textbooks, many different learning opportunities within their classrooms to be able to help students get the learning opportunities to explore these concepts, to answer questions? Um, so I feel like I have a much better understanding of these science standards now. Um, one thing I'm curious about is what's sort of the timeline now of the development of them in Iowa and the implementation. When will this actually be taught in classrooms? Really progressive teachers started teaching this a couple years ago when they saw how powerful it was. And so some teachers have already gotten there and are doing that right now as we speak. Um, as for the actual date and implementation, I don't actually know off the top of my head. I think it's three years out from now um, before it's mandatory. Uh, there is summer professional development going on coming up where they're starting to get teachers and school districts to begin to implement these ideas and changes. School districts are starting to take on these challenges themselves and putting together committees and trying to figure out how do we start rolling them out. It's one of the nice things about Iowa and Iowa teachers is, is they care so much that they're in front of it. They're trying to get ahead of the game. They're not looking at this with apprehension. Most teachers who have looked at this go, what, an, what a fabulous opportunity. And then they ask, but what resources do we have? And so that's, you know, the, that's where we work. That's where what Scott and I are working on is, is finding out what do teachers want? How do we provide that for the teachers? Uh, we have, a sub, I have another grant with uh, the geoscientists up in Trowbridge Hall where we're looking to um, provide professional development for 75 teachers to be certified in earth and environmental sciences and getting them even more targeted instruction in this on top of the professional development that we'll produce through the Seeger people and, and, the, and the College of Ed. So to answer your question, most people are really trying to get it done now. And our project this year is looking at surveying teachers in Iowa, surveying administrators in Iowa to understand what's our best guess right now for what teachers need the most and what we can provide most readily 
to accelerate and enhance the ability of our schools to be able to not just meet these new standards as a new challenge, but to help them bring this transformative set of ideas into their classrooms effectively. To me, I think the most important thing for people to realize is that just because you memorize a three-inch thick chemistry textbook doesn't mean it's appropriate for your son or daughter to do it today. And to let go of the way you went through school, to look at society and the world as it is today, much more integrated, much more open, information is available at the drop of a hat, and kids want real struggles and real challenges and real questions. They don't want you to have them mix this chemical with that chemical and it turns purple and to learn why. Is it important to learn the basis? Of course it is. But they'll learn the basics of math and language and writing and reading through discovery and through self-challenge. We're at such a great opportunity to really, truly change education in the state of Iowa and across the nation. And as a teacher, I remember sitting in a professional development meeting early on, and I got all excited because we were going to do this new thing, and all the veteran teachers said, just wait, give it two or three years, and it'll pass. That mantra has to go away. That has to be thrown out. Teachers got into teaching because of their love of teaching and their love of making a difference with kids. And this is a great opportunity to actually do that, to turn over control of your classroom, so to speak, to letting your kids drive and letting your kids ask things that they're seriously interested in learning. Not, And this is way beyond just climate science. This is learning and how kids learn and changing the game so that every kid has an opportunity to learn not just those who are good at memorization, not just those who have nice, pretty handwriting that makes their teachers happy, not those kids who failed because they're artistic or they have other means of displaying their creativity and their ideas. It's like the golden ticket right now. And to, to not embrace it, to me, is, is a massive disservice to not just our kids, but to our future. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We had music today from David Tay. Please also check out our blog at iowaenvironmentalfocus.org, where we cover environmental research and news every day of the week. Or reach out to us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for listening. From the UI Center for Global and Regional Environmental Research, I'm Jenna Ladd.